1: Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com/slashwithamex.
0: With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to ten devices up to fifty feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit attcom fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required.
1: Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200k for 1/8 ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a ten percent gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's PACASO.com. dot Sexton trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. But it. Toro slammed it home. Garland upstairs. Oh! Sexton oh. A thunderous thunder. And Allen blocked the shot at the rim. Welcome to the Chasetown Podcast, part of the Cavs Media family. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. The Cleveland Cavaliers are coming off a win over the Boston Celtics, ensuring that this season won't end on a double-digit losing streak. Uh, it might have had some impact on the lotto odds, but we'll get into that and some of the decisions that the Cavs will be facing in the near future. And with me today to help break down all of that is my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how you doing, buddy?
0: I'm thrilled, for one, that the Cavaliers are testing the basketball gods saying do, do you exist <laughs> do you because we're winning games that directly adversely affect our future chances at picking up a superstar and i'm all right with it i won't lie i wouldn't have minded a boston run in the game but you know mm-hmm. what a win's a win and it always feels good to be boston It never won't
1: yeah, exactly. And I, I was on a, a live stream with uh, Bobby Manning, uh, kind of getting the Celtics' perspective throughout the entire second half. And I was like, you know what? I'm not one to ever root for a loss, but like make it, make us earn it. M- m- you know, like kind of push the Cavs. Uh, but we've been consistent all season that we believe in karma. We we believe that the basketball gods will reward those teams that are playing honest basketball. And you know what? With the lot odds being so flattened. I'm fine with doubling down on this. This is going to be the real litmus test. We're, we're going to figure out whether we're right or not, but I'm I'm going to ride this. I'm, I'm, I'm doubling down. Diamond hands, baby. I'm all in.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, it was fun to win the game. I will say that. It, it, oh my it, God. It's it was nice, nice to win games, man. It's always more fun. That's why you shouldn't tank, because
1: it's better to not lose. It's, le- well, it's I- less terrible. So th- there were a few parts of it that made it really fun. So one, Colin Sexton, twenty-eight and eight, uh, he looked a little healthier. Um, he he's been playing banged up recently. Uh, he-, he had a more efficient night from the field. Isaac Okoro, like Woo! we got comments throughout that entire stream of just how good he was on Jason Tatum and the way that he was making him work. That was awesome. And then Kevin Love listening to our podcast. I, I don't know if he actually did, but. He, he responded with <laughs> his me, best. Let gear. me
0: tell you right now, he didn't.
1: <laughs> you don't think he doesn't have anything? I, I think this might be the best way that he spends his time. I, uh, I, I think, think he likes to cozy up by the fireplace and, and turn on the pod.
0: I think there is a not, I think it is around 96% likely that if you said, Hey, Keb, do you listen to the Chasetown
1: pod? He'd say, What's that? <laughs> I'd go higher I would go much higher but I I was really blown away by just how bad Boston is like I I had uh, an awareness of it because I've been looking at the the scores every night I knew that they had lost to OKC very recently as well Uh, Jalen Brown being out obviously doesn't help uh, along with Marcus Smart and Kemba Walker yeah it doesn't help all their good players were gone (laughs) (laughs) I mean come on man. come on man
0: all their good players were gone they were stuck with all the players they drafted Oh, my
1: goodness. What a shot. What a shot. I And and Luke Cornett uh, not being Tyler Zeller was still one of the most shocking revelations of the entire evening. I, when he checked in wearing uh, a 40 number, I, I thought, wow, Zeller is still in the league. How about that? I love Luke, Tyler. Luke Cornett is like a generic
0: creative player in 2K, but like a, a created player of that generic creative player in 2K. <laughs> A copy of a copy of He's a copy? A, yeah,
1: and it is it is as bland as it sounds. <laughs> You're not mistaken. But we should get into what we've really been dying to talk about for a little while, and last night was a great example of it. Um, after that athletic piece came out, uh, where there was kind of the, the throwaway paragraph that, oh, teammates... Still, um, are upset with Colin Sexton at the time. They get mocked that he doesn't pass the ball. Colin Sexton came out and he said, "I'm going to try to use these remaining games to prove some people wrong, to prove that I can go out there and score as well as facilitate as a playmaker." And I, I had tweeted these out um, earlier today, but it's just really impressive to see. Once again, Colin Sexton backed up his words because earlier in his career, the biggest question was, is he a shooter? Is he going to be able to develop an outside shot? He did that. And over the seven games uh, in May where where Garland has been out – he is averaging 6.6 assists. He's averaging more points per game than he did before. And that assist percentage, because we had talked earlier about how that the raw assist totals, yes, they were good and they're comparable to some of his peers like Jamal Murray, uh, Donovan Mitchell, etc. But that assist percentage going up by over 50% to 35.7% uh, when for the season, When Garland was off the floor, he was at 23.4. That is a dramatic, dramatic jump. And I I just can't get over how, like, how just kind of flip the switch and he's passing this whole stretch has been. Well, I'll tell you this much, Justin. I think
0: it's always noteworthy when you take a good tweet and you give it to the pod account. Like, if you want to know, uh, folks, if Justin's a selfless team player. (laughs) Because he could have gotten he couldn't could have gotten more retweets on his account, but he wants to grow the brand, and I appreciate that. Yeah, Colin was awesome last night. Obviously, Kevin's gonna get the headlines because he had his first really really good game in some time. Yeah. Um. But you know, yeah. I mean, Colin, I you know, he's never gonna like be Darius, right? Like, I don't think that's even on nights where he gets eight nine assists. I'm not like, holy crap, this guy. As a command of the offense, I just don't think that's you know he's going to take the passes that are there. Mm-hmm. I think that is really probably his ceiling as a passer. But you know what? That's pretty good passer for an off guard. Like yeah, taking the passes that are there—that's actually pretty all right. And, uh, and and the
1: funny thing is, sorry to cut you off, but it, that's it's fine. Fun, when in the past when we've talked about his assist numbers, one of the most common things that we've heard is, "Well, look who he's passing to, right? Like that. There's all these opportunities being wasted." Right now, this stretch, he's probably playing with less talent than he has all season. Like you they are so thin, they're so wiped out with injuries and whatnot that you got guys like Broderick Thomas that that are getting reps, guys that uh Kevin Gailey, who who's trying to establish a footing in the league. I'll tell you what, he's not afraid to shoot him. No, I'm I'm enjoying him, man. It's it feels good to have a Canadian on the team again, man. He's Canadian? Yes, he is. Wow. Kevin Galley. That's that's he's bringing those Canadian vibes back to the team. How which, about uh, that? We, we that. couldn't finish a season without a single one of us being on the roster. I, I like to think that the the Cavs did that just for me. Um, but yeah, he he's making better decisions. And even throughout the last two weeks, there's been instances where early on, um, he would come off the pick and roll, and he's still kind of in hundred miles an hour mode where he's not really letting the play develop he wasn't allowing Jared Allen to get into a passing lane and become a threat uh in the pick and roll and you can tell like he's starting to to probe a little bit more he he's starting to have a little more patience he's displaying some change of pace and I just love to see that like it, it's such an important thing for his growth
0: I apologize for uh for snickering over here uh, if you're watching on YouTube you can see the highlights and Andy's uh Dream shake on Luke Cornett. Oh, that was beautiful. (laughs) And I didn't notice until just now that (laughs) when he fell over, on the way back up, the ref kind of patted him on the knee like, good job, buddy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And and, uh, Boston Sports Radio uh, said that that was proof that the game was fixed. I I don't uh, know if they actually said that, but (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. He had a nice uh, end of the first quarter there, man. Yeah, Uh, it is. uh, A nice little moment. You know what? I really like... So obviously, I-, I think the discussion about Andy ha- has been a little ridiculous. We- we've talked about that, but I like that his last that game. Oh my God. I like, that his la- <laughs> my God. I-, I like that his last game in Cleveland. Uh, was, one, a win. That's kind of fun. Uh, that Tristan was there to kind of give him a congratulations and just kind of you had that whole little reunion. Like, that That to me was feel good. I, I haven't actually had a lot of feel good with Andy being back. Like, I've kind of been been on the fence. Like, it doesn't really move me one way or another. I got a little bit of feel good uh, last night, and I'm I'm happy. I'm happy that I got one of those moments in the final week of the season.
0: Yeah, it was fun. Anyway, sorry to derail us, but... Couldn't go without mentioning that, yeah. But back to back to Colin. I mean, he was uh, he definitely continues to do what we say he can't. I think mm-hmm. there's a there is a ceiling on it. Um, I don't think he'll ever be. You know, it's, he's funny because all the stuff he's not great at, or the stuff that he was bad at that we used to complain about. I don't think he's ever going to get to great. I don't think he's ever going to be a great three point shooter, even though he's got good percentages. Um, I don't think he's like in at, I don't think he's gonna be like 10, 10 threes a game kind of guy like I just don't think that's no. who he is uh, you know I don't think he's got like that donovan mitchell type jump in terms of volume um I don't think he's ever gonna be a great floor you know uh, floor general uh, and I don't think he's ever gonna be a great defender um but as long as he's not bad at any of those things once he gets to the point where he's okay at the stuff he's bad at then the stuff he's great at will really really continue to shine through. And that's, and that's really like, I think a lot of times when we talk about like players getting better, it's like, how do they get good at this? And really it's, how do you get to where it's not harmful?
1: Right. (laughs) Where,
0: where, where the stuff that you're really great at can shine without you taking anything off the table. I mean, if you look at what the Cavs, the biggest problem with the Cavs youth is they often are taken off as much as they're putting on the table. Mm -hmm. So like, and that's, what's been so encouraging about how hard Sexton's worked on his game.
1: Yeah, and there was a moment today when I shared that tweet of his passing stats in May, uh, when I shared it in the Discord, um, I I had made a comment that, hey, you know what, if he's able to do this when he's running the second unit, when, when Darius is off the floor that solves one of the biggest problems that the Cavs had this season. If he's actually out there, able to run the offense, able to continue to score at the volume he's doing and maintain that aggressiveness while making other people better, that addresses one of the biggest needs that this team has. Now, I would still want to add a playmaker, maybe a larger combo guard that can help alleviate it, because some of this playmaking is coming off of secondary action still, where Isaac is running the pick and roll, and Colin is finding guys and playmaking in the, those situations which you still want to have a playmaker with them but I do think it's an important part of his growth but when I mentioned that the question was well if he's passing like this how could you move him the second unit which that's not what I was advocating for because he runs the second unit right now even though he's starting he, he subs out he's playing all of those minutes I'm just saying that if he goes out there and he's able to pass like this and balance the scoring and the playmaking (laughs) that keeps the Cavs offense at a consistent level where they're always being productive, even when they're going to the bench.
0: Yeah. And frankly, like, I mean, I don't know if you can ever have too many playmakers
1: Um, especially in today's NBA. Yeah.
0: I mean, I I think the closest thing you could come to that was like maybe Boston Uh, not this year, but last year where it's like just too many guys who kind of, want to run with the ball in their hands and all can all are like b plus playmakers but no no a's and also not enough play finishers you know like that, i think that was boston's problem so you can tilt too far the other way where it's like well we're all running the pick and roll but no one's here to you know dive and just yam it um mm-hmm. or, or or hit the catch and shoot three um but the Cavs are so far away from that being a problem you know like i, I think they could use two three more playmakers uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So anything Sexton adds is fine um, and, and helpful. I still think he is best suited as a play finisher. I, I yeah. think, I think no matter how he grows his game, I'm still going to want someone out there that can run the offense. So he can be a terror cutting off ball, run He's such out a transition. good scorer. Of
1: course you want that. <laughs> uh,
0: so like, but yeah, I mean, everything helps being a secondary playmaker matters. Um, Being able to get six, seven assists on a night where the team, where the defense is keying in on you matters. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, should we have the discussion? Uh, What what are we doing here?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I I mean, part of the reason why um, evaluating Colin Sexton and what he is and what he can become has been such a topic is... Uh, one, we mentioned those pieces from The Athletic, both uh, Joe Varden and then Jason Lloyd's follow-up, where he kind of insinuated that the best thing for the Cavs would be to trade him. Because... No, he didn't insinuate it, he just said it. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm trying to be gentle here. I, I like Jason Lloyd. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I mean, Friend of the pod.
0: Yeah, friend of the pod. I he, think he'd tell out. you he said it.
1: Yeah, exactly. But um, basically insinuating that paying him would be a crippling mistake. And It got me thinking because I still haven't had a firm grasp of what the new CBA is when it comes to rookie extensions and whatnot. So I was asking around a bunch uh, last couple of days trying to figure out exactly what the situation is because um, there is the designated rookie extension, which you are only allowed to sign two players to that. That is your limit. That if you sign a guy for over 25% of the salary cap, they take up one of those rookie uh, ex- uh, extension spots. And let's say you did gave that theoretically to Sexton and you gave it to Garland and you had drafted Kate. Well, you wouldn't be able to pay Kate that. Uh, the same thing happens with the veteran ex- uh, extensions where you can only acquire one of those people uh someone that's on those type of contracts via trade boston ran into this when they traded for Kyrie irving they weren't allowed under the cba to trade for anthony davis so that is kind of where some of the concern is if you only have a finite number of these spots does colin sexton fit into there should he be that type of guy now that doesn't mean you can't give out a five-year extension Uh, It was reported at the time when they traded for Jared Allen that the extension he was asking for with the Brooklyn Nets and kind of his perceived value was around 590. That wouldn't count because it is the annual average value is below that 25% of the salary cap, which is projected to be $112 million next year, which would mean uh, your average annual salary in order to not count for one of those designated special slots. Would need to be below $28 million a year. So I, I think that's a really important distinction because I've seen people say, I'm fine with paying Colin Sexton if it's a four year, not a five. It's important to note that five years doesn't mean he's automatically one of those designated players.
0: I didn't get it in time, but I was trying to pull up the Scott Steiner, uh, the famous uh math, the wrestling clip. Of him oh saying, my- you got a 50%
1: chance of being me.
0: Because that was a monologue, my friend. I, I, I wanted to get it all out there. I wanted to get it all out I also there because- didn't know if we would get in copyright trouble. So I didn't want to play the audio. But That's I, smart. But Good I instincts. Would, so I, I was hustling to get it. And then I then I didn't pull the trigger. <laughs> but that would have been an all-time burn. And I'm disappointed I didn't just do it and ask for forgiveness later. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. It is. a So I think that is important to kind of lay that groundwork that it isn't as simple as. Pay him, it doesn't matter because it does matter because you only yes. can have two of these at a, at a given time. Um, so if let's say they do win the lottery, they have Cade. Um, now, here's my question. By the time Cade is up for this, would Sexton be off of his contract?
1: Probably not because... It, or whoever it, they pick, to be clear. It, it would Because it would be a five-year, right? So it's a five-year that kicks in after next season. So it's, in effect, you're locking up a guy for six seasons. Yeah, And Cade would be yeah, eligible after three. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, uh, yeah, that is... Uh, it's noteworthy because I think the basketball intelligence, I would say, Darius Garland's probably one of those players. Mm-hmm. And if things break right in the lotto, that... That you would hope that the team is hoping that they're drafting another one of those players. Mm-hmm. And this is really the first time um, I have, with regards to paying context in the max, I have really like had it, had the case made to me in a fair way. That's like, every time someone's like you can't do it. You cripple the franchise. Okay. It's can't pay that guy that much money. And I always just go like, what am, what am I losing? I need, I need, I need like firm, a firm list of stuff that doesn't get to happen because I'm paying this guy the max. Mm -hmm. and no one really has been able to do it i think that is probably the best case for it um you know like what are your thoughts on it i mean do you think that they should just pay the guy and keep him happy
1: i i wouldn't go that far so to me the no brain max guys where it's just moment one of negotiations here's the most you're eligible for That is like reserved in my mind for guys like Luka Doncic, Giannis, LeBron, like clear top guys that stir the drink that it doesn't matter what the context of the team is. That guy is going to excel. He's going to accentuate the people that are around him. And I just when I look at Colin Sexton, I don't necessarily think he's that Um, You you look at the on-off numbers right now. uh, Once again, this season, the team does perform better when he's on the bench versus when he's on the court. Now, that is noisy, obviously, right? He is playing those second unit minutes. um, But he is still, by every single defensive metric, uh, on-off, every combination you use, he's still the worst defensive player on the team. Uh, The team's defense is 4.6 points better when he is off the court um which you know what is an improvement from last year because last year it was 11.1 better with him off the court which was dramatic right like I, I don't think anyone was even five points uh, be- uh better uh when they were off the court last year so once again he is kind of in that spot um the the net you're only losing 1.2 there um with Sexton as well like you, you just I, I think, the thing that you always have to take into consideration is he's someone that has set goals for himself and he's accomplished those. Like the work ethic and his dedication, the fact that he's always trying, I think there's a real value to that, especially what he brings offensively. He's a workhorse, right? Like he can effectively at a league average true shooting percentage, score that many points and keep everybody in a natural role so they can be more efficient. And I think there's a real value to that. But when you talk about, okay, is it a no-brainer uh, to just go th- the most that's available? I wouldn't go that far, but I would want to lock him up. I would want to reward the effort that you're getting from him and the dedication he's shown. I would just probably be going underneath that 25% uh, that would make him a designated player.
0: So um, if the Cavs, I do think the Cavs would be wise to sign Collins X to an extension. Mm-hmm. Um I think that uh or or just you know sign him clean and restricted free agency. I I I want him on the team long term, I guess is Me really too. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um I think because of what you said regarding his not being one of those no brainer guys, I don't underst I don't see any real reason to sign him this summer.
1: Here would be my quick counter to that, because we ran into this before. We ran into this with Tristan Thompson. We ran into this with Tristan Thompson when they extended Andy Vergeau, and TT played a massive role in getting to the finals. And if this team takes the leap next season, the annual amount as the cap goes up, you might have to all of a sudden pay him that designated amount. Like, he might all of a sudden play his way into that type of a space. Which well, I mean, Well, here's the thing. Remember. You're, you're paying him what he's worth, but at the same time, there is a benefit to saying, "Hey, we want to reward you." Maybe not at that level. If you want to get to that level and you want to bet on yourself, we we support you. And if you achieve, uh, if you improve on the defensive end and these lineup stats look better, we can reward you with that. I'm perfectly fine waiting to restricted free agency. A lot of good players wait until restricted free agency. Brandon Ingram's a great example of that. Um, like, there's no way that I want Colin Sexton off of this team. I'm just saying that there is a case for l- giving him that long-term security, locking him up for a sizable amount of money just below that designated amount. Uh,
0: I would say it has to be a good amount below the designated amount. You know, like, because the reality is if if he, because if I'm the Cavs, really, my strategy is, I, I'm like, I think there are players who you don't, you know, for lack of a better term you don't f with you know like Mm -hmm. uh i would say even now there is there is a limit where you can still make them mad like the jazz not offering hayward the fifth year apparently really bothered him or something like that um i at least i remember those reports Mm -hmm. but like i don't think colin Sexton is such a no doubt star that I'm not willing to kind of take this to its logical conclusion to make sure I'm giving myself fran- my franchise flexibility. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'll take this to restricted free agency, and it. And if the market dictates that he's worth the max, awesome, happy a match. But yeah. I'm not. I'm not pulling a Kings by any by
1: any stretch of the imagination. Oh, honestly, look, like, if, if, no matter if what, I'm matching. Pe- if he keeps improving next season, like, and there's no real reason to believe that he won't, because that's what he's consistently done throughout his career. If he keeps improving, I'm not letting him take meetings with other teams. I'm just saying, all right, we're we're going to give you what you're asking for, right? Oh no, I don't. I don't think I'm even there, unless oh. unless the team takes a leap. Like, oh, the team's taking a leap next year, baby. I I, I mean. get it. I get it.
0: <laughs> um, unless it becomes clear that he should be one of the two designated extensions on the roster yeah I'm I'm not gonna get there so uh you know I, I I'm and if the market forces me to get there that's a different conversation but I'm gonna let the market play out
1: so is the main thing for you the defensive end because that's where it's got for me like the, the fact that he's increased his scoring the efficiencies up um, the, the the passing is around four and a half a game. Like, to me, that's great. I, I want to see him develop that. But the defense is still, like, to me, that's the number one thing. Because you can say, okay, well, he's playing next to Darius Garland. Well, when you take Garland off the court, the defense gets worse for Colin Sexton. Like, the defensive lineups get worse. Uh, We talked about the net rating of the core four with Allen Okoro, Garland, and Sexton. You take Sexton out of there, that defensive rating just, like, It improves by such a dramatic leap, and he's the only player where that's the case. You take Garland out, it gets worse. Um, Like, you have to be a net positive player, and I, I know, I understand that the numbers that he's putting up right now are comparable to guys like Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell, but you have to remember, Mitchell... Um, like the the defense was basically a net neutral with him on and off the court. The offense was considerably better. Uh, he was a plus four points. Now, net. now in fairness, he's playing
0: with Jokic.
1: Right? No, 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 Mitchell.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, never
1: mind. Yeah, Sorry. so he's playing with Gobert. But I, I'm I'm saying. It, the difference between him on and off was not that dramatic. And he was also coming off a historic playoff run, like in the bubble, like they were rewarding him from averaging 36 points per game and flashing another tier. Now it's probably worth noting that he hasn't necessarily made good on that contract yet. You look at them this season, they're better with him off the court than on the biggest reason why they've improved as a team is the improved play of Mike Conley Mitchell is still great. And, and he was trending in the right direction. And I think he's a very good player. But when you talk about Murray and Mitchell, like I don't think those guys are necessarily no brain snap decision, max them. Uh, I understand it. Uh, when he was coming off of that uh, playoff run. But I, I think there's more nuance. Like, I, I do think that the patient approach that you're talking about has a lot of merit, but it wouldn't stop me from offering an extension this summer. Like, I, I would still go through that process. Oh, of I'm going to offer. I,
0: I want to I wanna lock him up for good value, you know? I, and I think good value for me is probably higher than the, a lot of cap people would have. you. Like, if let's say they signed yeah, him to 20, $23 million a year. Or mm-hmm. some, so I'm just throwing out a number. But, like, if they did that, I'd be like, hell yeah. That's yeah. awesome, you know? It, it really is about eating up one of those those slots because, and, and if you ask me why I'm more willing to, like, like, not bend and give him one of those spots unless I have to, is because of the way that the roster is starting to come together, the next piece likely forces you, unless it's Mobley, Likely forces you to choose between Okoro and Colin in the starting lineup if you get a right. star tier player.
1: Mm-hmm. Right now, or Colin... Garland? Like, let's be fair. Like, I don't think it's going to be Garland, but I, I do I think... Don't th-
0: I, I think Garland play has played well enough uh, and has shown the kind of pieces that I think we all kind of realize that right now Garland is... He's the tier rate. He's the he's the ceiling raiser on the team. Yes, he's the one who you go. Oh, I see why how they'll be good if he continues to take the leap. You know, um, I and think-
1: I would bet. I would bet on Sex lion still being the starting backcourt. Like, uh, yes. I, I would expect both of them to improve because that's what they've done. No, no
0: matter who they take, I think that will be the case. But there mm-hmm. is a point where you might have to like the fact that here's my here's I guess my larger point. I'm not given a designated extension to a player I'm pretty sure is going to be in my starting lineup for the next five years. That's fair. You yeah, know what that's... I mean. And it, it, I'm and I am pretty sure Colin Sexton is going to start next year. And yeah. I and I think if I were JB, even if they took Cade, um, Jalen Green's a, a different question um, that is a little more complicated. But even if they took Cade, I'd probably bring a core off the bench, go Sexton, Cade lover Nance and then Allen like I'm fine yeah. with that and, um, and
1: especially with uh, Okoro looking more comfortable with the ball in the hands like the comparison for him very often was Andre Iguodala who I mean f- it was later in his career but famously that was a big part of his role and then you I, went I think with the small about, ball yeah. closing
0: and I frankly I think it's more about uh, what Sexton's earned and his flashing as an off ball player mm-hmm. that's why I would do it but point is I'm, I, I would have him start but I, I, I think unless you are an enormous Sexton fan, like, uh you know, you just really, really, really believe in him, I think you have to acknowledge the possibility that it will hit, a, uh, hit an end and they have to try something else.
1: Yeah, and, and um, the biggest thing to me is, is the defense, right? And that listen, man, I love selling it. the
0: Saxland t-shirts. Don't get me wrong.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, and like... The, there if I, is if a i'm eighty not
0: five percent confident he's going to be my guy in at my at my starting shooting guard for the foreseeable future I'm not giving him twenty eight million a year I just, and I honestly
1: just like right which that that number is the twenty five percent of the the cap for those that were wondering where Carter pulled that from but I'm like I'm not even hundred percent confident that garland is going to be that type of a player because to me when you're talking about a designated extension after year three. You're talking about a guy that context doesn't matter, that they're mm-hmm. going to excel in every single situation. And with Sexton, it's We've okay. We've seen yeah. these
0: guys not excel. <laughs> like, they've, right, they've lost right. a lot of
1: games. Right. And, and with Sexton, it's okay. Yeah, some of the lineup data is bad. But if you put defenders around him, if you put shooters around him, if you put this, that, the other thing, like, those type of guys aren't the guys that... I rush to extend, but I do think there's a value to it. Like to me, Sexton is really breaking into this space where, and and this is going to get reactions, but it's the DeRozan space where he's a real workhorse that the franchise, you look at Raptors fans, they adored that guy. He helped drag them that work ethic, continuously improving every single year. Yes. Third contract, DeRozan, all of a sudden you started um, worrying a little bit about the ceiling. Some of that was coaching. I would still point out Valanchunas was a mess in those matchups and whatnot. But DeRozan was such a huge part of the success of that team and, and someone that really set the culture. And I think Colin Sexton's one of those guys. Like, I, I'm not saying he is DeRozan. I... I'm really high on DeRozan as well, so I, I'm not meaning this as slander. But I'm talking about a, a guy that sets the culture, that sets the tone. He was the first guy after LeBron left. And he the way that he's responded to criticism, like to me that that's such a huge thing. Cause a lot of players, especially in today's league, they go the opposite direction. They they will turn it off. They they will, will stop trying. And Sexton's not someone that's ever gonna stop trying. He's never gonna stop improving. That That's just his DNA. And I think there's a real value to that. And that would be why I would have more of an understanding of let's lock this guy up. Let, let's go out there and reward him because he embodies what we're trying to be.
0: And again, uh, you know, I don't think that there's much to worry about in terms of the cap sheet. I think we've seen that Kobe Altman, someone who can... Paul Rabbit's out of hats with transactions. He was able to work his way into Jared Allen, who looks mm-hmm. like uh, though. I think we can all acknowledge his play has tailed off as the season has kind of gone under. Yeah. Um, you know, When engaged, looks like the center of the future for the team. Um, uh, you know, with very very little assets, just buying picks, trading salary for salary, etc. Um, I don't think cap room is ever going to matter to the Cavs in terms of adding players. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of at the point where they got to commit to the core or start over entirely. Yeah. And like, and, and I'm not interested in starting over entirely. I, and honestly, like to Jason Lloyd's, uh, you know, they should trade him and get some before they commit this mistake. I don't know what crazy value you're going to get for Colin. Like, no, like, I, I don't know if the league understands what he is yet either. Um, as much as I, I'm a big fan of him. So like, sure if i'm gonna get like a top five pick or something like maybe we have that conversation maybe maybe if you get a really really cool young stud back sure but like does it does it does the
1: ninth or eighth overall pick move the needle for you i, I don't think so probably not you're you're um, hoping that you get a colin sexton at that point yeah right? so
0: like i'm just like i just i'm kind of like let's just let it ride let's let these kids keep getting better um, I don't really want to chase more kids on the roster you know I, I think I hope that this next pick is the last 20 year old I have to give a crap about for a while.
1: <laughs> I I, I can definitely (laughs) echo that sentiment. Here's the biggest question. So I I had tweeted this out as well uh, when I was uh, talking about his passing stats. But this is the 20th time in NBA history, obviously just for inflation and whatnot. But still, this is the 20th time in NBA history someone 22 or younger has averaged over 24.3 points, 4.3 assists on a 57.1 true shooting percentage. Most of the guys that have done that are big men. Uh, The the only guards I think were like Trey, Luka, Devin Booker. Uh, I I don't think Mitchell or Murray were in there. Uh, Murray kind of has always struggled a little bit with his efficiency. But when you look at that, when you look at the production, it's noteworthy, right? Like, I I think sometimes you'll hear a sentiment, every team's got someone like Sexton. No, they don't. Not not everybody can go out there and produce like this. So here's my question. man. Here, here's my question to you, though, Carter. Is it easier to go from someone that is highly productive individually but not ha- doesn't have the team impact? The team impact doesn't match it? Is it easier to get one of those guys to become impactful when it comes to team basketball? Or is it easier to take someone that's a good role player, like a Jay Crowder in Boston type thing, and increase that volume? To me, it's the former.
0: Um, I... Yeah, I think so, just because, you know, most role players are who they are. You know, they're not they're not aiming for more than what they are. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I mean, I, the answer is both both are pretty rare. You know, like there's 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 like I I, I think it? people need to understand. Well, I guess here's my thing, like to being a so if you're really productive and then you figure out how to be really helpful on the court, you are a super duper star. <laughs> yeah. And there's like eight of
1: those like. You know, what I mean? there, I, I there mean, aren't even, that many, you know, even like, like the, the strong scores that haven't been on good teams, like the, the ones that do it efficiently, eventually turn into those type of players that you consider like, a cornerstone I, like, piece.
0: But like, you know, like, uh, here, here's someone who I think fits the bill, um, like Zach Levine, mm-hmm. like. That is a, used to just be a number You did this guy. last
1: pod. Hang on. Sorry, I'm going to cut you off now. You Levine? did this last pod calling him. Yeah, it's Levine. What, no, why are you doing Levine? You, I don't know. You're I always in get Chicago.
0: It, I always get it mixed up. Also, he wasn't there when I was there. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. Thank you. I always get it mixed up with Adam. <laughs> Adam is it Adam Levine? Adam Levine? No,
1: it's Levine. Yeah, it's oh, all Levine.
0: Oh, I don't I don't know. I almost cussed. I need to stop cussing on this podcast now that we're corporate. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, like like that's a guy who um, you know I guess kind of fits that bill in terms of he's someone who used to be empty numbers guy and then it's starting to turn. But like, there's a ceiling on it uh, on how like good your feel gets because you know you can't just like work yourself into being Luka Doncic. You know, (laughs) like like -hmm. you can't like most guys like have a ceiling in terms of how like brilliant they can get. Um, Like I think the. Closest I've ever seen to going from going from not that to that is probably Kawhi. Like he's probably the only real example I've seen. Yeah. Um. But like, it's pretty rare. So like, I don't know, man. Like I just like, here's the, it always, and this is why I keep going back to kind of where I am. And maybe this is, de- uh, you know, um, damning with faint praise, but like Colin Sexton's who the Cavs have right now. And I think he's doing a pretty damn good job. I think he's getting better all the time. And until things get super easy for them, uh, you know, unless they get super lucky, like they just have to keep building the best team they can, brick by yeah. brick. And that's why you got to be careful when you do commit, you know, uh, rookie uh, max money to a guy like Colin Sexton, because that actually does take something off the table, right? Yeah. Um, in a way that. You know, just signing them long term to a five year deal doesn't really take anything off the table.
1: So don't you just love like, when these little clauses and whatnot that are designed to increase parity and whatnot start giving teams in small markets like the Cavs a difficult decisions? Don't you just love how all of these moves end up making things tougher? Yeah, well, you know, what what I mean, it's fine.
0: It's fine. I really don't care because like ultimately, like these are hard decisions that the team has to make. That's why I'm in no rush to make them. It's yeah. like every, every Cavs decision you've thrown at me over this last year, I'm like, let's just wait, kick it, kick it down the road. Because like, I don't need to make calls right now. I don't need yeah. to, I don't need to make, I don't need to have extensions. Um, you know, I, 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 don't need to trade players. I don't need to fire coaches. I just want to see this thing. Like I want to keep taking in data. We've had like, if, if we were uh data analysts, I think we would say the last two seasons were some of the most worthless data collected ever, yeah, especially, <laughs> this year. This year, especially this year. This year, this year is fraudulent, man. Like, so it... so like so like not only am I dealing with a less than full tool set of evaluation, mm-hmm. um, I don't have to make any decisions now. Why wouldn't I wait for more information? Yeah. Why wouldn't yeah. I wait for all these twenty-two year olds to become twenty-three year olds with a with a normal off season and maybe a a damn summer league for the kids? To, to learn some sets you know like it, it just uh, so like it, it, as non-committal as this sounds you know as i've said i'm fine paying sexton even if it is the the rookie max um because someone else offered it in free agency i, I can stomach it I, i'm pretty sure
1: you just um, want to do it next summer
0: but i just want to wait i
1: just want to wait until i understand what these kids are doing that's fair i I'm probably a little more okay paying him this year um, if it's below that designated yeah. max. Our,
0: our dear friend Ziggy, who is a a big Colin Sexton defender in my opinion mm-hmm. most of the time, uh, said that OG and Anobi got four for seventy two reported. Probably want Sexton in that range. You ain't getting Colin Sexton for four for seventy two, buddy. New, 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 new. He's it, a little more valuable. I, I, th- I, and, and whether he's more valuable than that, I, I, I think he's demanding that. Uh, you know. Like I, I I think that there is no world in which Ke- the Sexton gets locked in uh, at less than twenty two, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, like that sounds like at, at at kind of a minimum. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Like I mean, we're you know we're speculating wildly here, but um,
1: like <laughs> this I, is this is weird waters for us because we're we're really not a contract spot. Like we we no. don't uh, we but don't I mean, often go don't, into the dunk th- th-
0: on. Like like he's just someone who thinks like like here's the thing. Colin bets on himself. Uh, and and has a, a very very strong belief in himself. That's part of why he's such a good, so resilient when he gets yeah. when he gets crapped on uh, by by you know in, in reports or by you know like gets criticized and like that. I just don't I don't see that happening. So I I think the Cavs are going to have to pay up if they want to keep him. And I'm I'm comfortable with that. It just like just wait.
1: Yeah, I I am too. And I I think the correct approach is to try to lock him up. Try Try to find kind of a middle ground and say, OK, if you want to go to that next year and you want to bet on yourself, this is what we'd like to see improve. And and to me, defense is the biggest thing. That is a, what he did from last year to this year is a big leap. He is now the worst player defensively on the team rather than <laughs> in the conversation of worst defensive player in the league. That That is noteworthy. Like, oh, yeah, do, brother. You got to crawl before you can walk, right? Like that's, that's, that's a big deal. And I, I think one of the big disconnects is like the upside for him defensively. Like when he makes a great defensive play, it really stands out because he is someone that's athletic. He's long. He can really engage uh one-on-one uh, when he's an on-ball defender, but he falls asleep off ball. He dies on screens. The, the consistency he, he goes the on the that wrong end
0: of the the way a lot. Ball. He, you know, he, Jetty gets a lot of a lot of guff for this, but you want to talk about overcommitting at the wrong time in the wrong direction.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Colin, like, <laughs> it, Colin is not good at it right now. And when you're already on undersized backcourt, you gotta be fundamentally sound. Like when we had Jackson Frank on the pod, he talked about like Darius is already there. That's why the defense is better when Darius is out there because his frame lets him down, but he's in the right spot and picks the yep. right angles. Colin picks the wrong angles in the wrong spot. There's no reason physically Colin should be a bad defender. I would argue, even at the two guard,
1: he's, yeah, he's, look, he's,
0: got a, he's got a good frame, he's got long arms, and he's a freak athlete, but he's and, bad and that's because why I of, wanted, where, of his, the way he moves. And, and, the and that's why I wanted
1: makes. to point out that the defense gets worse when Sexton's on the floor and Garland is out. Because I I think the snap reaction that a lot of people would have is, well, he's out there with Darius, he's guarding, shooting guards. No, like even when it's the bench units, which they haven't had a backup point guard, so he is defending the point guards in those situations. The defense is worse. I don't know if you saw this, Carter, but I know it's going to warm your heart. When you're looking at the on-off numbers, there is one player uh, that played for the Cavs this season that is a perfect neutral. Zero across the board. Do you know who that is?
0: Uh, like just his straight up on off is zero yeah,
1: st- straight up on off
0: is zero. Um, let's see here. I is just it, wanted to Is it Dotson? No, it's Andre Drummond. <laughs> <laughs> I- I'll I tell knew- you what, can we, can we have a quick aside? Cause I yeah. feel like part of me needs to eat some crow for how, uh, how his experience has been in LA, which is to say not great.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I was pretty sure he was going to be good. He's playing worse. Like, like he is playing worse. Why is he playing I, I, I worse? Think,
1: like, I think taking two months off yeah, isn't helpful. Something
0: must. Something's off with him because he's playing like, like he would have like moments where the like the motor would just stall out, you know, on play to play, and then he would have straight up just terrible game. When he was good, he was like a freak. Like he was the reason they were winning some games early in the season, in my opinion, especially yeah. on the defensive end.
1: In fairness, to him two months off isn't playing with LeBron yet. LeBron kind of helps people.
0: Uh, I I just I'm very thrown. I, I thought he was yeah. going to be way better. Um, hey, you
1: and... know what? Maybe the time off is really throwing guys off when you look at how rushed the schedule is once you're back. And, and he also got hurt in his first game. But, like, look at Kevin Love. Like, it, the way he looked last night looked like last season's Kevin Love. And the, la- the way he looked last night is why some people would still have hope for it. Like, now, I still stand by everything I said. You look at every single option. Maybe you reevaluate at the tra- trade deadline next year. But, like, for those that are holding out hope that he can be a contributing part, uh, more so than just buying him out and having that salary sit there, yeah. That last night is a prime example. of... Dean Wade yeah, can't do that. <laughs> no, the the ceiling with Kevin Love is still a whole lot higher, and like that is that that's the reason why you'd have some hope there. So God, um, he was
0: awesome last night, man. He Look, was looked it. like Kevin Love of old.
1: Yeah, and, and while I am kind of emotionally ready to move on and kind of start fresh there. There's no resentment. Like, uh, there's individual instances where I get really frustrated uh, with Kevin Love, and uh, most of them he's owned up to and publicly apologized. Uh, but for the most part, like, I, I just, Kevin Love is someone that I'm always going to look back fondly on. I'm always going to think of him at the parade with the championship belt over his uh, shoulder, smoking a cigar. Like, the, the good memories always will outweigh the bad there for sure. Good vibes only. Good vibes only and good karma only because the Cavs are finishing strong. Uh, Darius Garland, questionable for the game against Washington, which I I think some people are freaking out about. Be easy. (laughs) Some people are freaking out about because he's questionable. But I would argue if there's one thing we've learned from the Cavs this season is new pieces coming back into the lineup does more harm than good, even if they're good players this is not a team that adjusts well on the fly my friend listen i'm
0: uh, uh i i'm not we we have talked about it over and over again we're not pro tanking but nope the, the the numbers plummet once you hit like five six yeah so, <laughs> well so just I'm, like just you know let's just be th- let's be thoughtful fellas that's all masking
1: The nice thing is all the teams at the bottom, including the Cavs, actually, are playing very good teams that should have their seating uh, locked up on the last game of the year. So uh, Sunday might be bonkers because there's going to be a whole lot of good teams. A lot of fan base crying, including maybe this one. A a lot of looking at the scoreboard. So that'll be really interesting. We will have it all covered on Tuesday. That'll be next time that we are broadcasting, I believe. Because uh, Carter is a, a busy guy this weekend and doesn't want to record. Two on weddings,
0: man! I got to go to two separate weddings—one Saturday and since you one Sunday. I am—I'm a, a, a rambleman. I thought Justin. I thought the wedding season was over. I thought we had hit. We were men of a certain age at this point, and all of our friends had gotten married. I think I got six in the next well,
1: three months. Well, I, I had three last year that all got canceled with COVID, so uh, there is a backlog. There is um, a
0: backlog, but I'm telling you, it just feels like... I just don't know if I'm ever going to... Maybe we need less
1: friends. Uh, it, it's it's bananas. I, I don't know about you, man, but uh, this I, time... The last year or so, and the conversations you have virtually, I've trimmed out a few friends. (laughs) But (laughs) jeez, come on, man. We're live still. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm, hey, I I think everyone can relate to that. I'm excited, though. I'm getting my first shot Uh, on uh, Saturday. And and by the way, I go the, uh, before you say that,
0: I go the exact opposite way. When I see a human I've met before now, I'm like,
1: oh, (laughs) (laughs) in-person interactions. Oh, I, I still go that way. But I, I've trimmed a few. Uh, I've trimmed fair. a few That's because fair. when when the only interaction you have with someone is online and you've seen the stuff that they're sharing online, it makes you question a few things. But I'm getting my shot. I'm going to be a Moderna man. I'm going to be a Moderna man starting Saturday. We are might be double vaxxed up by the end of July. So I'm excited about that. Well, things it was important to me.
0: Year. It was important to me that you, you know, like, because eventually we're going to make some trips to Cleveland together, my friend. Do some do some cabs. Related happened happen in twenty twenty one. It's gotta yes. happen. All star game, baby. Anyway, we needed you. We needed you happy and healthy and able to come here. So this is this is good vibes here.
1: Yeah, I, I want to get a early season one in, and then of course I want to be there for all star. So fingers crossed. We've got a really exciting offseason. There is so much going on. There's so I many mean, possibilities. This hype for an
0: offseason in a minute, I can't wait for us to drop seven spots and for me to be a,
1: a, a puddle the rest of the way. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that live broadcast goes. One way or another. I, I don't think there's any middle ground. We're we're gonna have to be very, very careful. But we wanna thank all of our listeners for your support. This is the last podcast during the regular season. You guys have been amazing. Au this has been It's been such a fun ride, and we will keep broadcasting uh, twice a week. Uh, Next week, we'll be doing Tuesday and Thursday at 7 for those watching on YouTube. And after that, we should be going back to kind of the normal Sunday, Tuesday record. So you'll hear it on Monday and Wednesday, basically up through free agency. And then after that, we'll probably go to once a week. But you guys... Your supporters have been amazing. This has been so much fun. Make sure you guys are staying safe out there. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe because it's the best way to show up in the algorithms. If you want to be part of the Chase Downs exclusive Discord chat, you can send a screenshot of that review to chasedownpod at gmail.com. However you choose to support us, we appreciate it. Make sure you guys are staying safe out there. And until next time, go Cavs.